include philanthropists in this, as setting up competing mechanisms, whether it's new research councils, whether it's funding new parts of universities, um, funding think tanks. Uh, of course, everybody should join the free speech union. That goes without without saying. But this is this, there is a very very big role for for civil society in this. Finally, I think government intervention actually has to go further than simply in the universities because the universities now, for so long, have been churning out graduates whose culture, whose way of thinking is so far removed from pro-free speech that they think they are doing society a favour by um, proposing the censorship of the lyrics to rule Britannia at last night's conference. <laughs> um, so really, there needs to be, there needs to be more, um, there needs to be wider ranging reform by governments of, of state-linked institutions um, than simply in the universities in order to then solve uh, the, the problem in the universities that they reinforce. Joanna, do you, do you, uh, do you agree with uh, Eric and Radamil, or do you think this needs to come from the bottom up? So I'm in a very strange position here because I think out of everybody on the panel today, I'm probably the least free marketeer-y type of person. <laughs> um, I'm not uh, an advocate of free markets. I mean, I'm not particularly opposed to free markets, but I, it's never been something, never been a hill I would die upon. Um, and yet I think I'm the most opposed to having government regulation um, of higher education in, in and to legislate for academic freedom, if you like, or having a kind of academic freedom directorate um, for a number of reasons, um, a few philosophical, um, but primarily pragmatic. So the philosophical reason is I do think that institutional autonomy um, is incredibly important. Uh, I don't think we necessarily have it so much at the moment, but as an aspiration and as something that we should want to have, uh, then I think institutional autonomy and having the freedom to criticize the state in all matters um, is, is, is vitally important if we're to sustain a culture of academic freedom in the long run. Um, but far more pragmatically, I just don't think you can legislate for academic freedom. Um, I think the you can't make people like you. <laughs> it is, I guess, the, the basis of what I think here. Uh, you can't make people have lunch with you, or actually you probably can make people have lunch with you, um, but you can't make them have a nice conversation, you can't make no. them agree with what you're saying or be more sympathetic towards your views. Um, I think the danger is that we give some of the people who are most um, ch uh, chomping at the bit to restrict academic freedom at the moment, uh, we give them um, ammunition, we make them, uh, we allow them to perceive of themselves as victims of government um, controls, um, we allow them to say, look, you have this interfering state on your side, we're just the little people, um, kind of pushing back and sticking up for minority perspectives, and I don't think these people need to be uh, given that status or any ammunition to help them find that status at all. Um, but, but like I said, I think my bigger point here is just that this is such a broader cultural issue that um, Radomir kind of used the word, you know, we can have this legislation, sorry Radomir, I'm paraphrasing you most terribly here, but, kind of, but then they will have to behave. But I think the, the problems are so deep and so deeply ingrained in the culture of an institution that behaving um, is seen by um, university bureaucrats and managers and a great deal of academics behaving and sticking up for and defending 
the rights of transgender people or supporting Black Lives Matter. Uh, you know, the, the, this is this is how we behave. That that's how being good, being a good academic citizen is seen. So the more we kind of crack the whip and say you must behave, either they are able to present themselves as personally elitist, or they just say, well, yes, we carry on doing even more of what we're doing in order to behave. I would really strongly, very strongly disagree with, with that. And, and, and I mean, if you look at attempts by Heterodox Academy and others to, to go this route of social reform from below, I mean, it's just not worked. Because we have two problems. One is the, social, the direction of the conversation in society. And I actually think if you look at the media, there's actually pretty good, or social media, there's actually pretty good pushback and resistance to uh, wokeness and to threats to free speech. That's where, the, in some ways, the situation is most positive. It's inside institutions that, in fact, these, the, the social currents can't make progress because these institutions are, in, in many ways, controlled by, the, by a pressure group that can use taboos to magnify their power within institutions. You have to break those institutions by men. And all we're asking for is obey the law. So, be, and, and just to use an example, I mean, in the 19, early 1960s, the American and the federal government in the United States basically told Southern universities they had to desegregate. Now, you could say, well, they should have institutional autonomy. If they want to be segregated, they can be segregated. But, but actually, there are times when you actually have to curb institutional autonomy to protect individual liberty. And, and that is an example of where you, the federal government actually had to move in and control the universities in order to permit uh, desegregation and, and, and freedom to take place. And I think we're in a very similar situation. Or similarly, when you have a school that might be taken over by a, a, religious, a group of religious fanatics government has to put the school into special measures. This is a very similar situation. To protect individual liberty, you have to curb institutional autonomy. Institutional autonomy, in my view, is secondary to individual liberty. Now, of course, it is always possible the government could abuse its power, uh, but we have a demo I would rather trust the democracy to make that decision in public than a clique of people who happen to have power in the institution. So I think it is important. This is one of those instances where um, the state has to move in to protect individual liberty against institutional um, power. Uh, the other thing, too, is that, um, you know, you have these founder effects, right? So we don't have a, a freewheeling free market. We actually have institutions uh, that were founded, and because of these legacy effects, those legacy effects are very powerful. Those institutions control a lot of funding and resources, and they, you're not going to create a free market that will create new forms of universe. I just don't think it's going to happen. It's like creating a new Google. They are simply got too many, uh, there's too much of a network effect, they're too established. So you've got to try, I think, to get into these institutions and reform them. And, and, and all we're saying is, let's bring democracy and the law to bear on these institutions. To come back on that. Sorry, one second, Joe. about um, police going knocking on people's doors for sending tweets um, that have been considered to be transphobic 
and essentially questioning people and taking them all the way through to the courts for essentially thought crimes. Um, and if the police can do that to your average citizen sitting at home with their um, iPad sending tweets of an evening, then I'm afraid I just don't have confidence in that same legal system and same state to bring academic freedom to universities. Well, but I, I think that this, the solution there is that, in fact, you reform the state and the law to reflect the values that you want. <laughs> I don't think you get rid of the police or you get rid of the law. The idea is that you, know, you have to have these things, but they have to reflect the values of the population. Yeah. And, and, and simple, if you were to simply allow these, uh, you know, for example, if you take the Supreme Court of the United States, which has political input, but if judges happen to be all liberal, let's say, and want to impose their values on the population, I think that's a much worse solution than having the state interfere in the selection of Supreme Court judges to make sure they reflect the balance of values in the population. So this is a situation where actually politicization mm. is important uh, to actually help to, an institution to reflect the values of society rather than the values of the groups that have captured it or who inhabit it. Vladimir, I'll let you have the last word on that. What's your view? So I do have to pick up on, on this, this allegation that I, I want the government to regulate people to the extent that they should tell them to behave. Um, not guilty. I, I, um, what I do suggest is that we can ask, can the government say, we're happy for taxpayers' money to be spent on um, scholars infringing the rights of free speech to others and that's where the government intervention intervention should come in that if scholars want to continue to be funded to research and to teach they shouldn't tell other scholars how to behave so that's the kind of intervention i'm i'm looking at absolutely the growing arena of the policing of thought crimes is is a huge threat to our society i think universities have involved themselves in that broadly in accusing colleagues and accusing their staff of thought crimes. And this point that Eric made about there is greater support among scholars for political correctness than there is among the population, a considerable difference actually, I think is exactly why we have to see, see action to return universities to what our society's values, society's democratic values, because alarmingly what that shows is that the man on the street who is less inclined towards political correctness, in that way has a better idea of what it means to be a scholar, which is searching for truth, than scholars. So that to me says, says this, this is an urgent situation. Well, on that note, unless there are any further comments to finish, um, I'd like to thank you all for joining me today. That was a really good discussion and there was quite a lot of debate there. So thanks so much for... Uh, for joining that was really really interesting for me and i'm sure will be for our youtube watchers and on twitter and elsewhere so um if you enjoyed this video please do give it a thumbs up and subscribe to our channel we've got lots of videos coming out every week so do uh, subscribe and click the